Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hi, this is Abish. I mean, Kelly. Sometimes I forget <laughs> which name since I do have two. Abish. Oh, <laughs> this is Katie. I, I'm not Abish, although I wish I was a bish. A bish? I, I am one, so it was actually kind of perfect. 100% Abish. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, listeners, as you can tell, we have Kelly back. I'm so thrilled. She volunteered to come on here and tell a story that um, I think we're all going to be <laughs> very enthralled to hear. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know where you want to begin, but. Well, I'll, I'll start with just saying that, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of processing lately and I have a lot of PTSD, complex PTSD related to um, religious trauma. And um, I had never told anybody this story until I told my husband, um, maybe, I think it was about a month ago. And it's it's the story of the first time I went through the temple and how that that literally traumatized me. And I didn't even realize it until wow. later. I yeah. didn't realize that you hadn't told anyone this story until a month ago. Yeah. Like, Whoa. I kept it secret. I got kind of, it, you know, I tend to, because I don't believe in God and I don't turn things over to God. I, I put my, the things I can't deal with in a junk drawer yeah. in my mind. And so it was time to clean that shit out. And, um, Good. yeah. And it was yeah. interesting because I went to a Super Bowl party and, um, there was this woman there and she was like, literally the most adorable human being I've ever <laughs> met. I wanted to be like her. I told her, I was like, I so wanted to be you when I grew up. Like, <laughs> I mean, now I'm happy being me, but like her, her name was Molly. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, like your name. I told her a little bit about the podcast and she was right. like, she was fascinated to hear about the Mormon church. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll tell my story. And, um, she, she just ate it up. And so I thought, you know what, like not many people really know, what goes on in the temple and how it can affect you mentally. Mm -hmm. um, so I just decided that it was time for me to totally clean this out of my junk drawer, let you guys know, and um, hopefully help some people along the way and also help non-members understand exactly what's going on in the temple. Yes, yes. You know, this is a topic that we've discussed um, quite a bit on oh, yeah. different episodes. But the thing is, is that it never gets old. And especially like, for everyone, but I think especially for non-members or maybe people who left before they went through the temple, it's so fascinating because you hear it the first time and you're like, wait, is that person exaggerating? And then yeah. you hear it from dozens of people and you're like, oh, this really happened. And then, yeah, for the people who went through it to finally be able to talk about it because it is so secretive. I mean, sacred, yeah. kidding. No, it's secret. <laughs> But then you're like, it's almost like this cathartic release to be like, I can talk about this. I don't need to be scared to talk yeah. about this anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, it took me 23 years um, wow. to be able to talk about it. Yeah. I went through the temple the first time on June. Well, I have it in my journals, you guys. <laughs> Such a good little Mormon with her journals. I know. <clears throat> I went through the temple on June 27th of 2000. Okay. Um, so that, you know, it's like. 23 yeah, years almost ago. 23 years holy and I was, wow I know. and I was terrified to talk about it because they seriously you are completely manipulated and brainwashed and and you get scared even when you leave the church you're still kind of nervous to talk about these oh things. for sure for sure I mean and 
it's crazy to think even like before you went through the people that went through before 2000 or I don't know when they made the changes but there it was, was in the like, early 90s yeah when it was like you had to swear on your life that you would basically take your life if you told yeah. anything that happened in the temple and it's still that strict like you're not supposed to tell but they don't have the cutting of the throat or whatever it was that yeah yeah all those like hand motions that showed you know cutting your throat and disemboweling yourself like some crazy stuff so I know (laughs) um so you know I, I I told Molly the story she loved it and I was like okay it's time to share so yes temple prep like really you guys temple prep starts when you're a sunbeam Like when you are three years old and you just go into primary, which is the Sunday school for uh, children under the age of 12. Oh, hello, Cheeto. Cheeto's here today. Hello, little meow meow. (laughs) Yeah, you might you might hear him talking today. He decided to visit. Um, So, you know, you're taught that song. I love to see the temple and shit Mm -hmm. you not. That song is stuck in my head right now. It's like, (laughs) Um, oh, immediately when you said that, I started like humming it in my head. Yeah, I love to see the temple. I'm going there someday to fill the Holy Spirit, to listen, to listen and, and obey. To oh, the listen temp- to pray. Or maybe it's obey. I don't know. The, the I temple, don't know. The temple is a house of God, a place of love and beauty. I'll prepare myself while I am young. This is, <laughs> this is my sacred, sacred duty. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. We remembered every single word. I know. Creepy. Um. But that's like your ultimate goal is to go to the temple and to be in the house of the Lord. And it's like set up like this most incredible, awesome experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. The temple is a very um, it's a very beautiful place. It's uh, a little over the top. Um, like yeah. gold leafing. Actually, interestingly enough, I had a one of my sisters-in-law um, when I was married before. She would actually do the gold leafing in the temple. And oh, really? Yeah. And I was just like, wow, they literally use gold, <laughs> um, yeah. which I think is pretty extra. But you know, they I have mean, the money. The thing is, is that is that I don't know. It's funny to me because it is beautiful. You know, they're <laughs> they're very elaborate, like gorgeous, whatever. But yeah, they're extra. They're overdone, and it's like. At what at what point was Jesus ever like, you know what? Dress me in gold foil. You know, <laughs> right? It's just very funny because it doesn't really make sense in that uh, Christian aspect. <laughs> I mean, didn't he like like tear the shit out of a temple because people weren't respecting it? Um, well, yeah, and he he didn't he didn't like the rich. Like you weren't supposed no. to want to be rich. <laughs> You're supposed to be rich in spirit. Oh yes, but also. Well, if you're a Mormon, you can be rich with money too. Oh yeah. You know, I wondered about that little, little sidewalk cupcake. I think the reason that Mormons are so like, so successful are, it's kind of twofold. One of the reasons is because it's such a fraternity. Um, and you know, you get these connections with people, you go into a job interview and you're like, yeah, I went to BYU. That's an automatic you're a Mormon, right? Yep. And if somebody in the company is Mormon or they like Mormons, they're going to hire you. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's and, like a, we've said it before, but it's like an MLM really. And it's like who, you know, and yeah. the, who's the good old boys, right? Like, oh, you're a Mormon. I'll hire you. Yeah. yeah. And another thing um, I think that has to do with their success, because a lot of them are successful in sales, like in real estate. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty damn good in sales too. And I think it's because 
well, one of the reasons the men are good is because they go on missions and they yep. have to talk and sell all day long for two <laughs> freaking years. Yeah, they have to sell the religion. Yeah. yeah. They mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also because they make you start doing talks when you're 12 in front of the oh, yeah. congregation. Yeah. So. Talk to people. No, I know. Um, it's like, I mean, there's so many people we know that even if they're not Mormon anymore, but they went into sales or like a lot of those salesmen that do um security systems yes (laughs) typical like oh that guy's probably a mormon he was a missionary i can like spot it from from afar (laughs) oh yeah with their gold hair and their blue (laughs) eyes and their freaking smile yeah (laughs) oh my god i totally like the other day this is another sidewalk cupcake it's just been a while since i've talked to you katie and i i saved this because i was like i have to tell katie oh good now I have to tell you, dear listeners. Um, so the other day I was, I think I was actually, I was just hanging out in my bedroom, taking a nap probably because that's what I do. And um, my husband comes in, he'd been working in the garage and he's like, you're not going to believe who just came over. And I'm like, who? And he said, the bishop and um, some guy who lived in, who was in the ward that I'm in the boundaries for, and had done some, you know, a lot of things for my youngest who, who was an active, who is an active member of the church. And they were like coming by to check on, on us. And my husband was like, do you know what? You guys really like fucked her up and I will not let you see her. And cause I had called the Bishop, interestingly enough, I'd called the Bishop to get some help when I was having some struggles with, um, my ex-husband. And, uh, you know, I was like, dude, he is, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. I'm going to stop myself. (laughs) Um, but he, you know, it it was terrifying to me because, you know, I had been in a, he, my ex-husband was being very abusive to me, um, mentally, emotionally. And I was terrified to, to do the church thing because that was the only thing that could reach him. Right. Yeah. And the Bishop, like, after I called him and talked to him and was like, you haven't heard my side of the story. This is what's going on. Um, I sent him a text and I was like, I'm terrified to tell you this. Um, and you know, I'm worried that there's going to be some major repercussions. Um, fun fact there were, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, this Bishop, like, he's like, yeah, your wife called me like a, a I don't know, like a, a month ago. And Dustin was like, try six. Mm. She called you six months ago. And he's like, you guys have no idea what happened and he kind of filled them in and they looked shocked and he's like, well, can I talk to her? And he's like, no, Good. you can't. I mean, I, she is fragile and she's doing so well right now. I don't want to expose her to this. Yeah. And then they're like, well, can we talk to your oldest son, Corgan? And um, he's like, no, absolutely Good. not. And I was so like, oh my gosh, that made me love him even more for like yeah. number one, knowing that that would be a huge trigger for me and just protecting his family and yeah, from sure. the Mormons. <laughs> yes. Good job. Good job, Dustin. <laughs> I know. I love him so much. He's amazing. Um, So <clears throat> I'm going to read this quote by Gordon Bitch Hinckley. Um, <laughs> I love it. And so, okay, I have to tell you what Jeffrey R. Holland is because I'm not reading a quote by him. Okay, what is he? Okay, this is dumb, but it's Jeffrey R. Holland. <laughs> like a like pirate. A pirate. <laughs> Jeffrey R. No, I'm just going to picture him with an eye patch and a gold earring. 
<laughs> I mean, he talked about musket fire. It's, it's he appropriate. sure did. He sure did. <laughs> so here's something that kind of, it's kind of problematic. What he says, um, well, it's really problematic. But <clears throat> this is just how much they enforce the importance of going to the temple. He said, was there ever a man who truly loved a woman or a woman who truly loved a man who did not pray that their relationship might continue beyond the grave? Has a child ever been buried by parents who did not long for the assurance that their loved one would again be theirs in the world to come? Can anyone believing in the eternal life doubt that the God of heaven would grant his sons and daughters that most precious attribute of life, the love that finds its most meaningful expression in family relationships? No. Reason demands that the family relationship shall continue after death. The human heart longs for it, and the God of heaven has revealed a way whereby it may be secured. The sacred ordinances of the house of the Lord provide for it. Okay. Oh my God, fuck that. Katie, fuck why that, do you like, think- all the way. <laughs> why do you think that's problematic? Okay, because- <laughs> You're like, you're- let me get into this. <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's threatening everyone you love. You, you, you can be with them. You can be with them after they die because everyone doesn't like thinking about their loved ones dying. But he's like, look, if you do what I say and you go to my temple and pay me money, you can see them after they die. Like yeah. using com- using fear to manipulate them into believing what you say. Precisely. And this is stuff that's taught to children. I yes. want to overemphasize that. So, um, you know, and, and that's just one of like freaking billions of quotes that are that go along those same lines. Just, Don't you want to be with your family forever? Great. Yeah. Don't you want to be with your parents and your children or whoever you eventually marry? Don't you want to be with them forever? Well, and another problematic thing that I have from this is some people don't. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like people who are in unhappy marriages, they they really don't want to be stuck with that person for eternity. No. Or Or if your parents were abusive, you don't want to be with them again. Right. I know. Or... Like in in cases that we've brought up before, you were raised, one of your parents was was LDS and the other wasn't. Then you're mm-hmm. just, it's a mind fuck of like, wait, so where do, who do I go with after I die? Yeah. Or if you get divorced and your yeah. spouse mm-hmm. remarries, it's like, what happens with the kids? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so anyway, super problematic, but that's your ultimate goal. Go to the oh. temple. Um, so they, they do these, um, I have arrows. Oh, okay. So the first time that my brother went through the temple, he's uh, a couple of years older than me. And he went through when I was a senior, he was getting his uh, endowments, right? He was uh-huh. receiving, you're told you're supposed to say receiving your endowments because you uh. don't just get them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. So, you know, I was obviously not a member or I was a member, but I wasn't a um endowed. So I wasn't able to go through the temple and um, I waited in the waiting room while they were in there. And I had Uh no idea how long the endowment session is. Uh Like it was like three hours because he had to go to through initiatory, which I'll get into detail about. um, And the endowment session, which I'm pretty sure is two hours long. So, or it feels like five, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And I was sitting in there and, you know, it was in the evening. I didn't have any food and I get so hangry, like my blood pressure, not my blood pressure, my blood sugar drops. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an, I'm kind of a bish. A bish, a bish. <laughs> yes. 
okay. Um, and so I'm sitting in there and I'm just asking the, the sweet little temple worker at the desk. I'm like, hey, can I go back to the cafeteria and just get some food? Like, I don't need to go through the temple. Somebody can walk with me. I just need food. They would not let me because oh. I did not have a temple recommend. And I'm like, can you get me some food and bring it to me? No. Oh so my goodness. I was livid. And I'm one of those people who you can tell how I feel just by looking at my face. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was just, I just thought that was so fucking stupid that you couldn't even get food in the temple I unless mean, it, you it, had a recommend. It really is stupid. And it's stupid that they couldn't bring you some because, you know, <laughs> You hear them talk all the time about charity and helping others, and you're literally asking them for help, and they're like, no, sorry, even though you're sitting in this multi-million dollar building and we have food right there, <laughs> you can't have it. No, sorry. <laughs> Cannot pass go. Cannot yeah. collect $200. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I was waiting up there. I was already kind of salty, and then my brother and my family come out, and my brother, you could tell he'd been crying, like, oh, he'd been crying and um, was all emotional and, you know, coming out and giving me hugs, and I look at them, the men, and I'm like, what do you do in there? <laughs> because they had this like elastic mark, <laughs> a, like pressure mark on their foreheads. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Pillsbury Doughboy hat. Yes, yes. And of course they wouldn't tell me um, yeah. because they couldn't because it's but too it sacred. And, you know, they're like, you'll find out, you know, when you go in there, it's very sacred. It's very spiritual. See, that is so weird. Like, of course, I know all this, but I'm just trying to um, hear it as like someone who's hearing it for the first time. And just imagine someone telling you, yeah, this is what my religion does. And my whole family came out and they had like these marks on their forehead, but they wouldn't tell me what they were. They'll just say, well, you'll find out in due time. And you're like, I don't know if I want to find out. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh. Weird. Um, so, you know, when I, I went to BYU and I got engaged to someone that I just barely knew. And um, so I started going through these temple prep classes. Okay. They're so unhelpful. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they, I don't think they can really tell you anything. So No, they can't. Okay, and they I'm glad you. you said that because... I literally highlighted this quote. I, I pulled up the temple preparation manual from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Okay. And looked at all the lessons. And dude, that's like a whole series of podcasts about like the lessons they teach. It's oh my God. fucking fascinating. Anyway, so it says, and the lesson preparation before, uh, starts at lesson two and then goes on. Because apparently lesson one, you can you can talk about everything in there because it just talks about the great plan of salvation. It claims that the, the temple teaches about the plan of salvation. Um, okay, maybe, I guess uh, symbolically it does. Um, but anyway, so this, this quote in here in the temple prep class says, ask the class members if they have any questions, take the time required to answer questions to the best of your ability and as guided by the Lord's spirit. <laughs> Remember that some aspects of the temple work must not be discussed outside the temple. Yep. That's it. Exactly. Like so, any questions they have, you're not supposed to talk about it. So what good is the prep class? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the question I had was like, what happens? And nobody could tell you. They yeah. talk about these things and you're like, this is literally the most vague, like, explanation of what happens in the temple. Um, and so you go in, I, I mean, even if you go to the temple prep class, and you guys, 
we have learned about the temple and what goes on in the temple, like, you know, overarching what, what goes on in the temple since we were babies. Yeah. They just basically tell you, you need to go there in order to be with your family and God again. And you need to go there to get married, but they don't give you any like specifics, but it, it is like, you have to go there. Yeah. And if you don't, and, you will not be with God again. No. And you're not informed, like Kelly's telling you, like, even if you take these bogus temple prep classes, you don't know what you're signing up for. So you cannot give consent to what you're doing because you literally have no idea what's going to happen. Exactly. And so in this preparing to enter the holy temple, page two, look at me citing my sources. (laughs) um, It says we do not discuss the temple ordinances outside the temples. It was never intended that knowledge of. So this is here gaslighting. It was never intended that knowledge of these temple ceremonies would be limited to a select few who would be obliged to ensure that others never learn of them. It is quite the opposite, in fact. With great effort, we urge every soul to qualify, hey tithing, and prepare for the temple experience. Oh, my God. Ah, that infuriates me because it is the exact opposite of what they're saying. (laughs) I mean, it goes on. (laughs) The Uh, ordinances and ceremonies of the temple are simple. No. They are beautiful. No. No. They are sacred. They are creepy. They are creepy. (laughs) Um, They are kept confidential lest they be given to those who are unprepared. Okay, well, guess what? Okay, I'm sitting up straighter because it's, it's out there now. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know. Anyone can find it. We are talking about it. You can find videos on YouTube. So like this whole thing of like, we're trying to keep it confidential. Like, mm, no, because it's so sacred. We don't want it to get in the wrong hands or into people who aren't prepared. No, you just don't want to seem like a creepy cult. That's what it is. Well, and you know, I just had this interesting thought. Um, I had a revelation. Um, (laughs) You know, they, they talk about, like, those things are on YouTube. The the whole temple ceremony is there. There's that guy with a, what was his new name, Noah or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he, Yeah, he's yeah. done a ton of videos. There's so much information out there of what they do, and um, but the members don't see it because... See, that's, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because we're taught uh, that those things are of the devil. You know, it's satanic right. or whatever. It's evil right. to be putting that stuff well, online. Even, like, what we're doing is considered evil to them. So like, we're not even showing it, but we're talking about it, which is evil. Mm -hmm. So also like, yeah, again, like you were saying, anything that's not directly from the church or church approved sources is evil. So yeah, people won't be looking at it. So I guess that's for ex-Mormons or people just that have never been Mormon that are like, what's this? But Mormons aren't going to look at it to prepare themselves because it's of the devil. And they're the ones who are going through the motherfucking I know, they're the ones that are going to get traumatized by it, which... Ugh, that's and and you, you know people say traumatized like kind of it, it hasn't become as strong of a word as it used to be but this is literally traumatic yeah what happens inside of here because you okay let me just talk about my experience here okay <laughs> okay so um the first time that I went through the temple on June 27th of 2000, uh, I went with my family. I went with my future husband and um, I think some of his family. I can't really remember. Completely blind. I had asked my mom, you know, what goes on in there? And she's like, oh, you know, just it's so spiritual. You're going to be so you're going to feel so much love and peace. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. OK, I can't wait to go. You know, like. 
that's because that's what everyone everyone's mom will tell them and it kind of it like kind of broke my heart when you said that because I think the parents probably want to tell the children mm-hmm. like here's warn them like, be prepared about this this might seem a little bit odd but like you like describe it a little bit but they don't because they've been so um frightened into not telling exactly they can't even tell their own kids yeah well and at the time I mean my mom had gone through the temple previously and she had been part of those oaths and those promises to right. not divulge anything because right. you know death dying dismemberment yeah. all this kind of stuff would happen if they did that so right, right. um you know me I I'm trusting of my family uh-huh. and um you know we go to the temple and the first thing you do is you buy your your Jesus' panties, the holy garments. <laughs> Which, yes, again, n- never mows. You have to buy all this shit. Yeah. And you have to pay tithing to enter. So it's yeah. a business, for sure. It is literally, and that's the underwear you have to wear for the rest of your life. Oh, and it's so ugly and uncomfortable. <laughs> God, it's freak. I, I literally, to this day, hate the feeling of, like, anything tight around my waist. Oh, right. You've, you've told me that yeah. before because of those under underwear. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway, so you get, you go and you buy these garments and you're just like so excited because you have no idea what to do and everybody's being so nice to you. Like yeah. the temple workers are the freaking nicest people in the world. Aren't they, they really usually, are. aren't they usually like older, like senior, yes. senior yeah. citizens and they're doing this for free and they're just usually very kind, like grandparently figures. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. They're like your Nana, right? (laughs) And so I I go in and um, the first thing we do is initiatory. Okay. Um, So I had to get completely undressed and I put this thing on that they called a shield, which was basically like a big poncho and it was open. So it covered my front and my back, um, but it was open along this side. On the sides. What's it made (laughs) out of? I can't even, it's just some cloth. I don't think it, it was like okay. a thicker cloth, but I, I can't, I can't recall. Um, okay. But I remember going into this dark room and there was like a bowl of water or oil. I don't know. There was a bowl of something. And um, I was with my mom and this old lady comes in to, uh, cause my mom was my, um, what do they call it? The first time you go through, you have a companion okay. through the temple. Um, there's a, there's a word that they use for an escort. There we go. Okay. You have an escort. Um, not a good escort, not like fun escort. <laughs> I my mind went there, but I was like, she's just, just talking about her mom. So I'm not <laughs> um, so you go in and this this lady comes in, this older lady comes in and she says that she's a priestess. She is in the temple. The women can have the priesthood. And the reason they do that is because of what happens next. Um, so again no idea what's happening. I'm totally like sitting there trusting. And this woman starts giving me a blessing and she, you know, puts oil on my head and on my forehead. Then she puts it on like my breast, not on my breast, but like on the side of it. And then down like a little underneath my belly button. And, um, that was, you're, you're naked besides the little piece of cloth. Okay. I'm naked. And I I had completely forgotten about that until recently. Like I would have memories of it and I would just shut it down because I didn't want to go there. Yeah. But you're literally taken advantage of. And um, 
Yeah, they did like, not ask you for your permission to touch you. No informed consent whatsoever. You have no, no idea what's happening. Your mom is there. You trust her. She's watching. You're like, okay, this this feels wrong, but it must be okay because uh, my mom's there. Um, and because this is what you've been told your whole life, you need yeah. to aspire to do. So you're like, exactly. Well, it, must be, it must be safe. It must be fine. Yeah. I mean, all these people are doing it before me, so it must be okay. Um, and to, to be fair, I do remember my mom saying the initiatory process was her least favorite. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, because it's like it's kind of like assault in a way. Well, um, yeah, there, yeah, it, uh, it's it's very invasive. And yes, invasive. Um, so after they do that, uh, you put on your holy garments and you know, the garments are something that you're supposed to wear all the time, except for when you have sex or shower, swim. And, um, from that moment forward, that's your underwear. Okay. Then you get changed into this white temple dress, which is really not very cute. And, uh, it's just this white long sleeve goes up to your, basically your collarbone, your neck or whatever, um, shapeless dress that you wear when you go in and you're given this packet uh-huh. And you don't, you're not supposed to look in this packet because it's going to be revealed to you what you're going to oh, do with the things in God. the packet. You can't even look. At, no. Oh, no. I, I just like, I, I don't know if you listeners remember, but I left the church before I was like of the age to go through the temple. So I haven't gone through, but I've heard a lot of these stories. I've heard from Sarah, we've had people send like yeah. mail temple clothes. So I've had the temple clothes, but like, just the idea of not knowing the next step when you, when that's what just happened to you. Like, I feel my anxiety rising, just listening to you tell it. So I can't imagine being in that position and dealing with that anxiety of like, mm -hmm. what, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah. And like, I'm literally feeling a little bit of anxiety now, just kind of reliving it and talking right. about it. Right. Like I'm sitting here, I'm cold. I have a sweatshirt on, but I have my fan on cause I'm also sweating. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> woman of my own heart. That's exactly I hate that. It's like the most, God, anxiety fucking sucks. But I, uh, And that anxiety sweat just smells so much different. And you're like, shit, I got to go take like a third shower because I'm yes. this all day. Yep. Yeah, because you literally can't stop sweating. Um, <laughs> But you're cold. Anyway, so you go in and it's this big open room. And there's a guy that's standing at the front um, at the altar and, you know, the women sit on one side, the men sit on the other and you're sitting there before anything starts. They um, basically threaten you. <laughs> uh, you everything's over this loudspeaker. The guy who's standing there in front of the room never talks, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> do these hand motions but not speak they, they play a recording over yes. the speaker yep okay yes efficient efficient business model all right I mean yeah fair <laughs> um so but it's just dumb that they had some guy just like standing there I know and... like it's like that guy <laughs> I just feel so useless but <laughs> <laughs> um so the the thing that I remember is it says basically that you're getting ready to experience one of the most sacred things ever. And, um, you know, you've gone through the initiatory and it's time to receive your endowments. And at this point, you're told um, you can turn back now if you're not prepared. If you if you don't want to go through, you can turn back now. Um, but that's your last shot. And if you 
if you don't and you uh, don't follow the teachings in there, like you'll be damned and yes. because God will not be mocked. Uh, Holy shit. I just mm-hmm. got such chills. Okay. Because, okay. Another thing I'm really upset about this because they're, I feel like they could use this as a loophole to be like, we technically yes. tell you, you can leave, but who is going to leave? We are surrounded by your family. Everyone's dressed in these weird like costumes. Well, you're not in the costume yet, but everyone's in the white. You're all there participating. You've gone through the creepy initiatory already you're probably like well like how much worse can it get and yes. you're expected to do this and like if you left the amount of shunning and judgment would be oh. insane oh and i mean i was getting married in three days okay, you 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 had to you you yeah. could you couldn't just walk out no yeah. no so i was that's terrified me that that stuck with me forever um and the few times that i went to the temple afterwards that was the worst part to me it was weird yeah Um, like you can leave but then you you should stay and remember if you do stay and you break the rules you're completely fucked yeah like forever yeah it's like the way he says it it's like the volume goes up and it's like god will not be mocked and i was like scared wow next to my mom and there, I just want to say, I do not blame my mom for a single thing because she, that's what she had been taught. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, there is no anger, resentment, nothing towards my family because that's, they were brainwashed too. Well, that's how I feel as well about most members and especially like everyone in my family. I'm like, you know what? I feel like they're victims. They're the victims here. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to leave, but they all are still participating in this. Yeah. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're sitting there and then, you know, it starts and the screen comes down and it starts telling about like the creation and it's really boring. And- <laughs> yeah. For Nevermose, it's a video that you watch. <laughs> Yeah, it's so and it's so, so bad because it's like it's basically telling about the creation. And I think it's kind of inferring that, you know, um, well, it's saying Jehovah created the earth under the instruction of God uh, created the universe. And so it's like this thing is like uh, uh, the the voice of God is like, will you go down and do this? And the the person responds, I will go down. And then they, it's just so fucking weird. Anyway. Uh, I know, I know Sarah's favorite part of the video was Lucifer because he had a cape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was very theatrical. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because people, friends, they do reenact the Garden of Eden. Mm, and yes. That's right. That's right. And it, didn't they portray Eve as sort of this kind dumb, of just dumb? Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty stupid. Like Eve is is completely dumb. But um, so yeah, you're just watching a video, and I'm like, how is this sacred? Like, what? Yeah. Well, the reason it's sacred is because you start learning all of these. They call them signs and tokens. Oh boy. Yeah. And so um, while you're in this 
in this little room or in this room with, you know, the men on one side, the women on the other, you start doing this weird stuff where you're changing your clothing or taking your shoes off and on again. And you're putting like this robe on, you're not changing your clothing. Sorry. You're not naked. Um, but you put this robe on like one side of your shoulder and it's like this weird, like curtain. It looks like a curtain. It's like this, um, pleated, fabric. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so weird. So you tie it around your waist and um oh, first you put on this apron that looks like <laughs> a fern. It's green. It's green and it's shaped like a leaf. And everything else is white, but then the green mm-hmm. thing goes around where your genitalia would be. <laughs> yeah, and that's to represent when Adam and Eve were, you know, thrown out of uh Eden, you know, uh-huh. Missouri. They had to cover themselves. <laughs> yeah, Jackson <laughs> County, Missouri was the Garden of Eden, if you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that represents them having to cover themselves. So uh-huh. you're covering yourself. And then you put the little pleated robe on and you put the the thing over it, the apron over it. And then you've got something on your head. The women, which I hear now, they don't wear this. I'm only speaking of my experience. I don't know. Um, I don't know what goes on now. Um, I don't really care. Uh, but you put on a veil and um, you don't have it covering your face. You just put it on your head. And the guys put on, like Katie said, a Pillsbury Doughboy hat. I shake not. <laughs> it's elastic band. Like, it's a hat. And it looks like one of those little goofy chefs hat, like that guy used to wear or would wear in, like, the Muppets. It's the sweetest chef. <laughs> And it's like, derp, derp. and um, <laughs> oh, I'm looking over at my future husband and my dad and my brothers. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Yeah. And you have this, this weird apron and veil on and they have the hat and the veil. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when they start teaching you these signs and tokens. And so the signs are, you know, different things with your hands that you do, which fun fact goes back to masonry. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with god um you do and you do these secret handshakes with which again is from masonry uh-huh. um so if you I, apparently if you go to like if you're a dude and you go to like a mason temple or whatever what do they call those they're like little buildings with like no windows little um, mason. It, aren't they like the masonic lodges yes thank you thank mm-hmm. you the lodges um they'll do a lot of the same s- stuff in there that oh yeah they, and they have a lot of the same different symbols and like yeah a lot of the same stuff he almost ripped it off like <laughs> just super closely I, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it just represents something else and mm-hmm. um like there's the true sign of um there's like the patriarchal grip which like you intertwine pinkies with the person and then you like put your hand it's so fuck like I'm trying to do it to myself <laughs> but like and then you put your your pointer finger on their wrist oh right yeah. So, I mean, that just tells you what kind of weird kooky handshakes you're doing. And these handshakes, aren't you doing them through like a veil? Not like a... yet. Okay. Not okay. Yet. I'm jumping the gun. All right. You're jumping the gun, but you are correct. <laughs> okay. Um. So you're learning all these things and they tell you, you'll use them at a later time. And you have all of these words that you're supposed to say verbatim um, that you need to learn. And which is why people go to the temple multiple times is so they can learn the secret oh. handshakes and the secret secret words to get mm-hmm. into the celestial kingdom because that's how it works oh my word what kind of a god is 
would be like, Kate, now in order to get into heaven, you have to give me these special handshakes and special words. I just can't. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. And um, so after you've got everything on your veil, you've you've had to take your apron off and the robe, the little robe thingy, sash thingy, and you have to switch it to the other shoulder, which I'm like, and every time you're changing things, you have to take your shoes off. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then they get to the part where they do the true order of prayer. And, you know, growing up, my family would, you know, my mom would say, oh, I called their name into the temple or, you know, someone called their name into the temple. And I was thought, I thought that was so cool. I thought they would pray for each person individually. Right. Yeah. That's what I know. Oh, oh, okay. no, ma'am. <laughs> so you they, they have you uh, get in a circle around the, the altar that's in the front. And it's you, you know, the men and women get up there. Not everybody does. Um, and it, it's staggered, you know, man, woman, man, woman, and you put like your elbow on top of the person's shoulder in front of you in the sign of the square. Um, so like you're making a left-hand turn. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you, this guy is holding a bag. He holds it up. It's this little velvet bag and the speaker, cause you know, he doesn't speak the overhead. It says <laughs> that these names are names of people who have, you know, are going through difficult times. They've been called into the temple to be prayed over with the true order of prayer. And I was like, I was so disappointed. So they just, <laughs> it's just a generic recording every single time. They don't yes. even open it and look at what the names are. No. And you so who know. knows if the names are even in there? I know, right? It could be yeah. stuffing. It could be newspaper. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, wow. I'm sure that these temple workers probably painstakingly write yeah. every name down. But come on. Wow. Um, oh. <laughs> and just, I mean, the, the imagery of the circle with everyone's hand at the square all dressed in white is very, brings in like horror movie cult vibes. It absolutely does. And, you know, when you're in the circle, they say, you know, look around, make sure you don't have any hard feelings towards anybody in the circle, because if you do, it would ruin the entire thing, the whole true order of prayer. And what? so it's yes. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, the women put veils on. We put our veil over our head. We bow our head. And. We put our arms up in the air, both arms. You take them okay. off your, your shoulder, right? And okay. you bring your arms down and you say, oh, God, hear the words of my mouth. I'm doing it right now. <sighs> you do it again. You do it three times. Oh, God, hear the words of my mouth. And, you know, everybody's chanting this at the same time. And um, when I was in that moment, I was like, I think I'm in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, because. If you've never been Mormon, you guys, this is nothing at all like what happens in normal Mormonism, like Sunday, like Sacrament oh. meeting or in just the regular church building. This That's is, what makes it so shocking. Yeah, this is so far removed from what Mormons normally do in their like day to day or every Sunday. This is like nothing's even similar at all. No. So, yeah, I would no. feel the same way. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, my gosh, because I did reference my Abish name. You get that when you get your initiatory. And sorry, sorry to go back. We're going to go back a little bit. Um, 
when you get your new name, like I thought, okay, this is awesome. It's just for me. And like Sarah said, no, everybody on that goddamn day gets the same goddamn name. And <laughs> you're not supposed to share it with anybody. But now I'm thinking, of course, you know, my mom, my sister, they all know what my name is because they went to the temple and they did initiatory. And so they so know they what all my name know. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. But so you're not supposed to talk about it. So you think like, oh, it's probably something different. Mine's mine's special. It's the special yeah. new name I was given. And so yours is Abish. Abish, yes. Abish. But yeah, Abish. <laughs> uh, and you're supposed to hold on to it, and you can only reveal it at a certain point in the temple. Okay. So let's let's go back to um, our true order of prayer. You get done with that, um, and. At that point, I believe, because you've gone through all the signs and tokens and words and stuff, that's when you start preparing to go to the veil. And the veil is, you go up there pretty much, like, there's there's this curtain. It's like a glory hole where, like, this... (laughs) I know it's it's that's the best description of it because you go up to this this curtained wall right and um (laughs) the temple worker is there and they take this little mallet and they knock three times (laughs) on the wall and um this you know voice comes through and when you're going through to be married it's your future husband that brings you through to the celestial room um now at that point you have to do every handshake and you have to repeat all, you know, regurgitate all of those words that you had just learned. And of course you're clueless. And so uh-huh. I had a simple worker and that's what they're there for is to help you get through and kind of like feed you your lines, right? Because you don't yeah. remember your lines and you're like, I'm not going to get into heaven if I don't know my lines. So, and you don't know the right handshake to do to this hand that pokes through the veil at the, at the glory hole. And you're like, oh, okay, I have to do this weird handshake. And then I have to say these star words. I remember I was just like, what is happening? Um, and it's supposed to represent what it's like when you go to heaven. Like that is legit what it's supposed to be like. Um, Ugh, that just feels like yeah. hell. No. Yeah. And like, I can't tell you how, like, I, I don't think I've explained how fucking weird it is yeah. that this guy knocks on the door to get into <laughs> heaven. My husband <laughs> sticks his hand out and I'm just like, what, what do I do with this hand? Like, I mean, yeah. it's, because you oh, yeah. can't, yeah, you can't see the rest of his body. No, <laughs> it's just a hand. You're just like, a hand, you guys. Okay. <laughs> and then when you finally get through all of the stupid words and all of the stupid signs and tokens and shit, you, that hand pulls you through the veil into the celestial room. Mm. And that's, oh, I'm sorry. You also have to tell your name. So that's you, where you say your name. You tell your husband the new name. But I want to declare to everyone, the husband doesn't tell the wife the new Correct. name. Correct. Yeah. Never. He's the only one who knows your name because he's the one who can bring you into heaven. Uh-huh. And when people say, when Mormons get <laughs> come at us, when we say that's literally the doctrine is that women have to be married to go to the celestial kingdom, and they're like, nah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. the temple, they cannot get in there without a husband. They exactly. <laughs> so you go into the celestial room and they're like, it's the most beautiful room. I mean, it's, it's fine. Like I sat around and they're like, okay, well now you can ask all the questions that you have about the temple. This is the only place you can do it. And I didn't even know what to ask because it well, was yeah, so you're overwhelming. Shock. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, that's exactly what I was. I was in shock. And, um, but. Uh, I and isn't everyone, 
isn't yeah I feel like isn't everyone kind of sitting around and like talking in hushed tones or praying or whatever and most a lot of people I've talked to have been like okay I felt very very weird and I felt like something was wrong but I I was like no this is what I'm supposed to be doing yes. I had to convince myself that it was okay yes that is exactly what I had to do and uh, because you guys you're taught that um if you're not worthy you're gonna feel those things Oh, exactly. Yes. It's something wrong with you if you feel weird. So part of the um, the lessons from that, the temple prep class, it says, you know, what could keep a person from being spiritually sensitive in the temple? Here you go. Number oh, one, no. a person may not be worthy. That's the first thing they say is you're not worthy. <sighs> A person who has failed to sincerely repent and has not prepared okay. humbly and prayerfully for the temple will find that the symbols will be lifeless and the meanings will be hidden. So it's my fault. Obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, again, it, it's like, it always comes back to this. If something feels weird, it's your fault. You did yeah. something wrong. Yeah. Um, number two, a person lacks faith. Oh, surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have faith in Jesus Christ and the temple ceremony, like, the temple ceremony, you may not receive the information, the inspiration from the Holy Ghost necessary for understanding the temple endowment. Again, your fault. Again, yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The third way it's your fault is uh, a person may focus so much on the outward motions of the ceremonies that he or she may miss the powerful teachings represented by the symbols. <sighs> Fuck off. Again, Wait. your fault. Yeah, because you were focusing on these outward motions that you're supposed to memorize like I know ah. <laughs> so um you know like I I in my god in my journal let's see let's see let's see I highlighted a few things okay um now after I went through the the temple I felt so weird um I I you know and as I was preparing to go through the temple you know I said right now I'm preparing to go for the temple exclamation point because I'm so excited <laughs> How overwhelming and awesome a privilege to experience. Oh I God. know there are things I need to keep working on, but I will be worthy. Oh, my heart, my heart. Kelly, like this is, I mean, I feel like we could have this and one of Sarah's journal entries side by side. They're almost oh, yeah. the exact same thing. It's every time it's like, I'm so excited. I love this and this about the church. And then there's always a part where it's like, I need to work on something. I need to work on myself. I need to work on being more faithful. I need to be, but I, I'll, I'll eventually, you know, be worthy. I want to make this work. It's like, it's always so self-deprecating of like, mm -hmm. I'm not ready. I'm not worthy for the, of this yet. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I, I totally highlighted this other part um, after I went through the temple because I was like, Sarah, we are the same. <laughs> So I said, June 27th, I went through the temple for the very first time and received, because you, are, you don't get, you receive. you receive your endowments. I cannot begin to explain the feelings I had in the house of the Lord. Oh. The church is true. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Sarah. Sarah. Oh, you two are the same. I mean, this is a this is such a prime example of like what the church does to little brains to make us yes. all think and say the same things. Oh my God. <laughs> and my friends 
at this point, your temporal lobe is still not completely. Oh, formed. right. Yeah, you're still very young. Yeah. And so you're getting this stuff. These impressions or things are put in your brain before you can make your own decisions. Uh-huh. Like, really, effectively. So, you yeah. know, I, I think that's interesting, too. But um, <sighs> so... <sighs> So I would, I felt super weird about the temple, obviously, but I thought, you know what? It's me. It's me. And um, I need to go back. You know, I want, I'm convincing myself. I'm like, I want to go back because, you know, I, I want to feel what my mom feels. I want to feel what other people feel. Mm-hmm. And um, what I didn't understand was that every time I would go back, I was re-traumatizing myself. Um, and I would get ready to go to the temple and, you know, they would say, sometimes when you're going to the temple, the adversary will really put pressure on you, make you unhappy and you don't want to go. No, that's your fucking internal voice. That's, that's you saying, this is wrong. This doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're told that, that basically you're stupid and you have to do everything that church tells you, or you're never going to be with your family again you're never going to be with God again and you're told that if you have those feelings of like this makes me uncomfortable I don't want to go it's either Satan speaking to you Mm -hmm. or you're not worthy enough and then yes the consequence is the the biggest consequence that you could think of is that you will not be with God ever again like you will not make it to heaven yeah like oh okay well I guess I don't really have a choice right exactly (laughs) And um, it's like, I never did go through the initiatory process again. Like I, when you go through the temple multiple times, you're going for a person, you go for proxy. They um, like, you have a name of somebody and that's who you're going to the temple for to receive their endowments and it goes for them. And, but I never did the initiatory again because it was so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I probably went to the temple maybe five times. Okay. Um, I, I it was definitely less than ten because I hated it. Yeah. Um, but that you know again, let's go back to it being my fault that I didn't like the temple. I didn't like that experience. Um, Ugh, and it it like infuriates me because I would I would venture I guess that like probably most people that go through, especially the first time, are like, no, I don't want to ever do this again. But yeah. they're pressured into yeah. going and going and going until it eventually seems to feel more normal and they're brainwashed even further. But yeah. it's like it, their thought. Yeah, they probably all have the same thought process as you is like, well, I got to keep going because it must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you, this is a kind of a, just an off the subject question, but do you have to like schedule a time to go yes. through the temple? Okay, I yeah, yeah. So. for the first time you do schedule time because it takes a little bit more because um like you do have to go through the initiatory and stuff but yeah the the other times you don't you just go whenever you pretty can just much. show up pretty much yeah i oh, think okay. they they have a schedule for when the endowment sessions are yeah. it's like going to the movies <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah it's like going to the movies it's a great time um so it, like i said this was traumatizing and for the last 10 or so years since I really separated myself from the church, I would say in the last six, anyway, doesn't matter. I've had reoccurring nightmares of uh, the initiatory process of wearing garments. um, And I never understood that that was a sign of PTSD. 
I would wake up sweating because I had been wearing garments, just garments around. And I'm like, why am I wearing these? I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm in the uh, church again. I'm trapped. Uh, um, yeah. So I don't think people talk enough about how traumatic that experience is yeah. and how much harm it can do to someone's psyche, especially if they're like susceptible. And, you know, I, I do have a history of depression, anxiety. Um, you know, at the time I was trying to battle an eating disorder. So I, I was so hopeful and reliant on the church to help me through that process. Um, and you're told, I was told when I went through the, the temple interview process, I was told that that would be addressed. Like that specific concern oh. of mine would be addressed in the temple. And it wasn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, no, of course it wasn't. No. And in fact, I actually, in my journal, I, I wondered if I was going to be, oh, okay. So after I said that I need to keep working on, but I will be worthy. I said, I wonder if my eating problems are something I need to repent of. Oh, uh, honey. I, oh my God. I know. I haven't been obeying the word of wisdom. Oh, oh just, they're making everything your fault. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, yeah, I do too. And I know there are so many people who have gone through this and feel the exact same way, but are scared to say anything. And yeah. that just, it makes me sad. And it just really fucking pisses me off um, that the church literally grooms you mm -hmm. to be okay with this, to be okay with some random stranger touching you in places that you don't really want random strangers to touch you. Mm -mm. on your bare skin Ugh. Ugh. without ever telling you what's about to happen no there is no informed consent at least I don't recall there being any and I'm pretty sure I would remember saying yes please touch my naked body um right right and I, I don't think I've ever said that except to my current husband um <laughs> so yeah you guys that's the temple that's how much it wow. me up and it took me 23 years to be able to really process it I am so grateful for you for coming on here and telling all of the really disgusting and terrifying and creepy details, like rehashing it and putting yourself through that anxiety again. Because I think it's really important, like you said, to talk about it because I, I know that so many people have left and they still don't want to talk about it because yeah. they're afraid of what might happen or afraid of what their family might think or whatever, whatever, but you're showing people that you can heal and oh, yes. can improve. And yeah, there's going to be struggles along the way, but kind of taking that power back and being like, fuck you, I can say what happened to me and say how fucked up it was and how traumatizing, literally traumatizing it was. And, and it's not my fault. It's not your fault. And you're not the only one by far and away. There are lots of people who've experienced this, but you're just one of the few who's willing to talk about it because you're at that level now after 23 years where you can finally speak about it. So that's not to say that all of you need to talk about it, no. but just know that those feelings that you're having are valid and yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, it, it is scary to get on a public platform and um, lay this out. Yeah. Uh, but like Brene Brown says, vulnerability, like that's a sign of strength. Yes. And, sure. Um, being able to share your story helps others. Yeah. Um, so, exactly. you know, if you're not comfortable sharing what happened to you in the temple, but you feel like my experience is very similar, feel free to like, just 
tell your friends, hey, listen to this story. This is what I went through. If you have any questions, I mean, you can ask. I might not be really wanting to talk about it, but just so you get an idea of why I have religious trauma. Yeah, because exactly. everybody thinks the Mormons are so nice <laughs> and the best people in the world. And they are. They're very nice people, but they're all, you know, they're brainwashed. Well, and yeah, they're nice people in a corrupt organization. Exactly. Yeah. So it's important to talk about it. And yep. thank you for doing it. Thank you for listening and for giving me that platform to, oh, okay. to do that. Anytime, anytime. Yay. All right, listeners, we'll be back next week for some more. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.